golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love the lane. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Jeff Shane. And we're going to have to play speed golf today. We are indeed. Other than maybe uh, Jennifer Cupcho's caddy, who did an amazing read (laughs) on the 13th hole at Augusta National what Saturday. a great story there, bringing, uh, bringing his, uh, his player through a migraine headache to uh, still wind up winning the tournament. That's got to go down as one of the great golf stories of 2019. And if it, it, no matter what happens at the majors, it's still going to be in the top five by the end of the year. Yeah, we um, certainly have a lot of golf to talk about tonight. You are listening to the Golf Insiders on a special edition Monday night. Normally, you can catch us on Wednesday nights from... 6 to 7.30. It just depends what the Magic are doing. Of course, they're going into the playoffs, so we're bouncing around a little bit, but we should be back to our regular time slot next Wednesday. We will be on this Wednesday at 5.30. So catch us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the Golf Insiders to uh, follow us and Stay As we well said, informed. stay well informed, <laughs> especially this week. We have a lot of special Masters coverage, and we're going to be going live to Augusta in a few minutes. But um, we've got a lot of golf to wrap up from the weekend, Jeff. Uh, turning to Valero, Corey Connors, oh, Canada, <laughs> the, finishes it with a 66 and uh, sneaks past Charlie Hoffman. Ryan Moore, who shot a 64, he was on fire on Sunday. And Brian Stewart, who we've been seeing for a few weeks here now. Yeah, Brian Stewart's one of those guys that, that uh, has uh, won before, uh, kind of a journeyman kind of guy. And Siwoo Kim was the guy who uh, had the 36 and 54 hole leads, but uh, could not keep pace with a 72. But Corey Connors, uh, he's going to wind up with the nickname Roller Coaster if he uh, continues the way he's been. Uh, first of all, he's the first Monday qualifier to win on the PGA Tour since Orlando's own Arjun Atwal. Arjun. Arjun Atwal back That's in 2010. That's digging into some golf stats. I like that. <laughs> he won the uh, he won the Wyndham Championship uh, in Greensboro in 2010. But uh, Corey Connors uh, came into uh, came came into San Antonio with eight starts. So this so he's had nine starts in this season. His his chart reads thus. Five missed cuts, a third, a second, and the win yesterday. It's all or nothing for this guy, but he's got a two-year exemption, and he's jumped way up in FedEx Cup points with the victory yesterday. And then you take a look at his card. 
uh, just uh, we were talking about it off air. The guy could not make a par yesterday. He birdies four of his first five holes and then proceeds to give it all back with four consecutive bogeys, then gets back on the horse and makes three birdies in a row and then two more coming in for a 30 on the back nine to wind up beating Charlie Hoffman and Siwoo Kim and all the others. Just the most roller coaster weekend uh, or week, basically, for for somebody. But congratulations to Corey Connors, who will be going to his second Masters. Uh, he went once before as the runner-up in the U.S. Amateur. And congratulations to his wife, who survived <laughs> the back nine. If you caught any of the television coverage, I think uh, she barely made it to 18 after following her husband on that roller coaster ride. What a tremendous win, though. And we've seen this quite a bit, actually, with this slot in the schedule. Houston obviously had it for uh, a number of years before uh, sponsorship and the changing PGA Tour schedule gave it to the Texas Open. But now in six of the last seven years, whether it's been Houston or San Antonio, somebody has gotten the golden last gasp ticket to Augusta National. They were going to go back home to West Palm Beach, and I don't know if uh, you saw this story, but... On Sunday morning, the text came in to Corey Connor's wife. Do you want to check in for your flight back to West Palm? And Corey said, "What? Can you hold off on that? I got. I'm going to try to change our itinerary." I love it, and you know, life changing is what this victory yes, is. is. And you know, for a guy like him who's had to go through the Monday qualifiers, and we know some of those journeyman pros that have had to do, do it, the likes of Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka. that's no fun. <laughs> to get that off your back is a, a huge step, and here he co- goes to Magnolia Lane. Yeah, and and uh, to do it in the span of seven days uh, makes it an even better story. I mean, we talk about Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, T.J. Vogel, by the way, uh, South Florida kid, uh, former Florida Gator, Monday qualified eight times last year, which is believed to be the PGA Tour record. But that's a hard thing to do because you've basically got to shoot 64 or 65 in a sprint on Monday. Yeah, that's a lot of PGA Tour Q school qualifying (laughs) pressure, right? Absolutely. Week to week to week. Uh, So in the hunt was Kevin Streelman as well as Graham McDowell, who we know has had a little bit of a resurgence. He didn't seem to have any... Um, hangover from the victory down in the Dominican. Uh, Graham posting a 66 on Sunday to go with a couple of 69s earlier on Thursday and Friday for a, a tie for seven. Yeah, and, and he's been playing extremely, extremely well. And uh, he was entered in San Antonio after winning in the Dominican Republic. He was going to try to see if he could extend it a little bit longer and uh get back into the Masters. He did not, and unfortunately still does not, have the ticket to Augusta National, so he will be watching on TV. Uh, Maybe we can find him at Nona Blue uh, over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if uh, you want to take that assignment or me, but one of us should go look. Well, uh, speaking of somebody who might be a little blue coming off this tournament and who was my pick, the hometown guy, Jordan Spieth, you see that shot? I'm not sure what hole it was where he was hitting wedge in, backspinned into the lateral hazard. What was that? It's, it's a, it's a, 
it's golf, really. I mean, we know how good Jordan is, and, and I think he's searching a little bit. Who would have thought that now, we are now 52 weeks from when he shot that 64 and tried to steal it from, from Patrick Reed at the end, and Patrick held him off. That was his last top 10 finish uh, coming, coming into San Antonio. Uh, and uh, we thought you know he'd have, have a good chance, uh, and did after two days, and then so Saturday just blew up on him, and you can't do that on the PGA Tour, even if your name is Spieth. Uh, hopefully he'll find a little bit more magic on the fairways of Augusta where we know how well he can play. Uh, I think he's closer than maybe he was three months ago, but it's kind of s- tough to watch right now. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, a special edition previewing the Masters coverage. We'll be going live to Augusta shortly. Uh, we are commercial free tonight, and you can catch us on social, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the Golf Insiders. So big weekend for women's golf, Jeff. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that, too, when we go up to Augusta um, and check in with our our guest tonight. But the LPGA had its first major of the year, the ANA, out in uh, Rancho Mirage. And uh, Jin Young Ko, not to be confused with any of the other Ko's. <laughs> uh, Namely Lydia. Just a huge victory, 10 under. Uh, which, you know, the course was playing tough. It was. Absolutely. All that rain they've had out in the desert this year. Uh, it, the rough was gnarly, four inches thick. I mean, I think the girls loved it. The scores showed it. They were, I think, five off what the low score was last year, which I think was 15 or 16 yeah. under. Uh, so the course proved to be very tough and um, great win by Jin Young Ko. Yeah, and she was rookie of the year last year. And has been on a roll. Her previous two starts going into the ANA were a win uh, to uh, at, at the Founders Cup in Phoenix. And then last week or the previous week at the Kia Classic, she was runner-up. And so she's got a lot of talent. Uh, did not jump immediately to the LPGA Tour. Uh, actually got her first LPGA win while she was still playing for the Korean LPGA and won an event, a co-sponsored event out there. And that's when she took up her LPGA membership. And like I say, was Rookie of the Year last year, had a win, had a dozen top 10 finishes. Uh, really was no question about who the Rookie of the Year was going to be. And uh, now has moved right to the forefront with yesterday's win. She is now number one in the Rolex World Rankings. And Lexi Thompson... Finished third with a spectacular back nine on yeah. Sunday. She just ran out of holes, really. She shot uh, 67 and posted uh, four back, tied or not tied. She she uh, took third place in the ANA yesterday. So uh, good to see Lexi, um, you know, making a strong finish there on Sunday. Yeah, Lexi uh, has had her issues uh, before. Uh, we all remember that you know the the four shot penalty that essentially robbed her of a second major title, and uh, uh, you know maybe one of these days she'll be able to to get it back at, at Rancho Mirage. But a third place was good. Coming off a very rough year last year, she had to take some time off to deal with some personal issues. I'm going to throw in as well uh, in in a share of fourth, I.K. Kim, and if you remember, it was three four years ago, maybe a little longer than that. I.K. Kim was in position to win this event. And she missed a little foot and a half 
putt uh, that dropped her into a playoff, and the shock didn't wear off in time for the playoff. And uh, uh, she's a, a she's a, a talented player, still very very young, um, and uh, has won a couple of times, including a major. Won the Women's British Open. It was good to see her on the uh, uh, on the leaderboard, high on the leaderboard in Rancho Mirage. Well, there was a huge event, huge on Saturday, historic, historic uh, which um, was the Augusta National Women's Amateur, the inaugural, which the finals were played on Saturday at Augusta. And um, what a tremendous round between Jennifer Cupcho and Maria Fossey coming down the back nine. Just spectacular play by Jennifer Cupcho. Eagle on 13. I heard some of the guys this morning say they thought that back nine, and, and in particular, the way she played 13 was one of the best they've ever seen, man or woman. That's huge. When when you can get a lot of people who have watched a lot of golf Eagle. played at, an, at Augusta National say that. To about six foot, I guess. And yeah. uh, a tremendous read, and she uh, slammed it in for, for that eagle. And we want to waste no more time and go up to Augusta is my profound privilege to introduce uh, one of our favorite golf insiders, and no one I could think of better to talk about this event as well as the upcoming Masters. She is a pioneer in sports radio for all of us females. Uh, She hosted a sports talk show for over 20 years on WFAN in New York City, you used to be up in the Big Apple, Jeff. You know how big that is. Absolutely. Her whole resume would probably take us another 15 minutes to uh, introduce her, but she's an author, a speaker, a consultant, a award-winning journalist, and uh, you can catch her reports from the Masters and all the majors on WFAN and CBS Sports Radio, especially this week, the one, the only, Anne Lagori. Hello, my friend. <laughs> Holly, what an introduction. Thank you so much. Well, to you, talk with you. it's always uh, good, my friend, and I uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes because I know you're busy. You're up there uh, in the media center, and um, you were there on, on the course to watch this historic women's event. Uh, give us a little feel for, for what it was Absolutely. all about. Absolutely. Well, I wasn't going to miss it. i got to tell you, you know, every year it seems we're, we're here earlier at Augusta National, which is fine with me. Uh, I drove in on Friday from Orlando, and uh, bright and early, um, I actually was, I wanted to be on WFN at 7 a.m. to do a little scene setter, so I, uh, you know, just basically rushed here to the media center, got all my equipment set up, went on with Richard Neer on WFN at 7 a.m., and then ran out to the first tee, because I definitely wanted to be there in time for the ceremony and, you know, the ceremonial tee shots. And sure enough, I was able to get right um, right there. You saw the picture. I had a couple people uh, send me the screensavers from the TV. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I have to tell you, I was so proud and very um, touched. I mean, I had, first of all, I was very nervous for Annika, Nancy Lopez, Siri Pack, and Lorena Ochoa because, you know, Everybody was watching them, and they were out there to hit the, you know, the ceremonial tee shots, and they were really nervous, and I could feel how nervous they were. And I was telling Nancy Lopez, I said, I think I was more nervous than you, and she said, absolutely not. Because, you know, they don't really play that much. I mean, right. Nancy's had knee surgery. 
Annika doesn't play. I mean, she's in great shape, but she really doesn't play a lot of golf anymore. But they went out there and um, hit gorgeous uh, tee shots straight down the middle and uh, got the the uh, first ever women's competition here at Augusta National off to just an incredible start. And, you know, it's just so groundbreaking on so many levels, Holly. And, um, you know, the, the club here did not allow women members until 2012. And that's what, only seven years ago. And then yeah. 10 years prior to that, I was here, you know, Martha Burke protested the club's all-male membership policy. And uh, so it's been a, a long time coming. Now there are, I think, six women members. Um, a lot of the members were out there. Uh, Condoleezza Rice was out there. Virginia uh, Rometty was there. Um, you know, there are a few other women members and obviously a lot of male members as well. So everybody just realized how important and groundbreaking this uh, amateur championship was. And the club, you know, Fred Ridley, I remember last, last year when he announced that they were going to do this. And he was only the chairman for a few months when he announced this. In fact, I think... At Augusta members, last year, right? Yeah. Yep. Wednesday, his state of the uh, address, you know, that mm-hmm. they do every Wednesday. And he had just um, taken over for Chairman uh, Billy Payne. And, you know, but he said this, he feels this is the way they can make the greatest impact uh, in growing the game. And, he, you know, he has three daughters. And they were a huge influence in his thinking. And so no sooner had he become chairman when he basically announced that they were going to do this women's amateur. And I know a lot of the details were not even organized at that point. But they, you know, they obviously got everything organized, as they always do here. And um, it, was, it was just such a great thing. So thank goodness he has daughters. <laughs> who Amen to that. To do this. That's right. And uh, and he took you know, a bold and up. bodacious move because, you know, it's not easy putting on an event like this in less than a year. But it, then again, it is Augusta National. That's right. That's right. It's Augusta National. They do everything incredibly well. But who would have predicted that it would have come out so just incredible? The performances, the composure, the... The sportsmanship, I mean, it must, they must, I'm going to talk to him tomorrow or Wednesday, uh, Chairman Fred Ridley will be coming in again. And, you know, I'm sure he'll get a lot of questions about the fact that this uh, inaugural women's amateur had to have exceeded their wildest expectations. You couldn't have written a script. They couldn't have written a script like what happened on Saturday on that back nine. That's right. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jennifer Cupshow played so well and. And so did her buddy, you know, Maria Fossi, and, and the fact that uh, Jennifer had, what, she played the last six holes in five under. I mean, who does that? <laughs> After a migraine, you know, and, and just so composed. I think that's what really impressed me the most about these, these women. They're just so composed and under all this pressure. And apparently um, her father talked her into hitting driver on 13. She was going to lay up. And he said, what are you doing that for? Even, you know, you, you can hit your driver out of the pine straw and then light up if that's what happens. And then right, she steps right. up and cranks. I don't know. What did she hit on that second shot into the 13? You know, I'm trying to remember what she said. I could look at it. Up, was, it, it was stout. I mean, it was, you know, have no fear. Uh, right. You know, just take on the pin. I mean, that was just phenomenal. Right. She, oh, she hit a three hybrid from 211 yards. Oh, I got that. <laughs> to six 
fifty. Oh my can god! You, can you hit a three hybrid, two hundred eleven yards? <laughs> I don't even well, think I my uh, my sidekick here, Jeff Shane, could. Um, I can hit a three hybrid uh, six feet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're right. You're absolutely right, Holly, because it was so gutsy, and they showed so much confidence. But again, the composure. The, you know, twenty one year old um, woman who you know, she, yes, top amateur champion. Um, reigning uh, NCAA individual champion, but you know, with all these people watching at Augusta National, it it was just such a performance. So it was definitely one for the ages, and it kicked off this week just in an extraordinary way. And then um, you know, now and then they had the junior competition yesterday, the drive, chip, and putt national finals, and uh, then today, you know, a lot of the guys started coming in, and so I'm sure still a lot of the questions tomorrow with uh, Chairman Ridley will be about the women's am. Which is what they wanted, right? You know, they wanted to create that that hype, that momentum, uh, like we need any more going into Augusta. But um, it's, you know, it's just amazing how they've been able now to work such a key aspect of the amateur game in. As we know, you know, the tournament was founded by Bobby Jones himself. And, uh, you know, and the kids with the drive chip and putt, and, you know, I was curious, I saw these, just these sweet pictures in a lot of the photographs of young girls around the golf course on Saturday and all the fans. I mean, what a true uh, experience to have so many more golf fans be able to get on the grounds at Augusta. That's right. They, it accomplished exactly what they wanted. I mean, there were so many young girls with their parents. And, in fact, I'd never waited so long to get into the merchandising area because I wanted to, you know, get in there because, I wanted to get some. You're a woman. You got to shop. Well, I wanted to get memorabilia from women's amateur. I knew that there, because there were so many people here, that everybody would want to get in there and get. You know, they, I actually got a a, a a collector's item, a coin. They only came up with a hundred of these coins uh, to commemorate the women's am. So I was able to get one of those. But there were so many young girls in the merchandising shop buying you know, women's AM shirts and sweaters and hats. And it was just so great to see. And now they know that it's possible for them to perhaps reach a level where they too could be invited to play in uh, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And they too might have a, a career in golf down the road. So it's inspired so many young you know, girls. And it did, that's exactly what it was meant to do. So um, the impact and the ratings were amazing. So the impact that it's had has already um, shown itself. So just really pleased all the way around. Hey, Ann, it's Jeff Shane. And I was just about to bring that up is the, the, the ratings were amazing. And I was trying to think, when was the last time a, a men's amateur had that kind of ratings? I suppose, the, you know, the uh, U.S. amateur when Tiger Woods won his third in a row and went up against Steve Scott. But. Man, that... now, I think I read that it was a top-rated amateur event ever. Wow. Um, so you may want to look that up, and I, I thought I read that quickly sometime today. But, you know, and I know you mentioned the um, ANA inspiration, and I'm sure, you know, the women who were playing in the major felt, you know, slighted because it was scheduled the same weekend. But there's no doubt that that tournament's going to have to be rescheduled. This one yeah. won't be. It, it yes. has to be Masters Week. But, you know, it's a shame that, you know, basically it went up against, you know, the uh, the, the professional event 
who, and they obviously had, they, they take great pride in inviting amateurs to play. And, you know, they had their own share of amateurs who, who did commit to playing it. But it's just too bad that um, this kind of took a lot of thunder away from that major. But um, hopefully they'll be able to reschedule that one. Yeah, there's a, a you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of golf now um, and a lot of juggling of schedules. Uh, but certainly we hope for the LPGA that their first major of the year will find a slot to stand on its own because it deserves to. Well, and I would imagine, Absolutely. too, that because it was such a surprise 51 weeks ago, Mike Wan and the organizers of the ANA really did not have the opportunity to move things around for 2019. You're absolutely right. And you need a lot of time in that kind of planning because it affects other tournaments. But it would be interesting to talk to Commissioner Wan to see what his thoughts are about rescheduling that first major. Um, I'm sure they don't feel like they need to. I'm sure a lot of people have that opinion. But um or maybe they won't. Um, we'll have to see what happens with that one. I honestly couldn't say what they're going to do. Well, and we're wrapping up here because we've got a tight half hour tonight. But I just want to ask you a quick question, how the course is looking. And, of course, um, any anything that's standing out for you right now today up at Augusta. Sure. Well, you know, we had the course actually uh, shut down this afternoon because we had major thunderstorms come through here. <laughs> So, and then there's 80% chance for showers and thunderstorms on Tuesday. So it's obviously going to soften up the course quite a bit. Um, Wednesday looks mostly sunny and warm. Uh, Thursday, Friday, uh, sunny mix of clouds and perhaps more rain coming um, on the weekend. So that's obviously going to have a big effect on this golf course. And, um, you know, a couple players came in, Justin Rose, who's one of my picks, to win he was runner-up here in 2017 and 2015 he came into the media room what a a great year he's had he's currently the top ranked golfer in the world now just took over the top spot and he came in and uh, had a nice uh, conversation with Justin Rose his caddy is back Mark Fulcher who had a heart issue and he was out for a while so Mark is back here so you know Mark prepares so so well in fact the thing I remember about Justin Rose and, and Mark um, back at um, when Justin won the U.S. Open at Marion was that his caddy came to Marion so many days in advance and really did his homework. And that is so important when you're trying to win a major championship, obviously. So Justin looks uh, primed to uh, perhaps win his first um, green jacket. Wouldn't that be great for Justin Rose? Yes, it certainly would. And he came so close. Um a year ago so it'll be interesting to see how the euros do we're going to have our eyes on of course rory and frankie molinari so uh, we're just beginning to start the hype for the green jacket uh this monday and and we appreciate you spending a few minutes with the golf insiders hey really enjoyed it obviously there's so many guys who can win we could spend 20 minutes talking about the uh, guys capable of winning this week but i'm sure you'll be able to cover that the rest of the show (laughs) that's right tonight it's all about the women and thank you so much my friend for spending a few minutes with us my pleasure have a great night and Ligori, one of the best you can catch her on wfan one of the biggest sports radio stations in america jeff a pioneer oh she's amazing and um (laughs) has certainly been a mentor to me and but i don't know why she didn't pack me in the trunk friday and take me up there with her did to you, Augusta. Did you put the full court press on? No, I can't say that I okay, did. Okay, well. I had a lot of golf, to, <laughs> other golf to cover this weekend, too. But here we are. So we just got a couple of minutes left. Um, Rory, what are your thoughts on Rory? 
I don't know of anybody in this field that takes more momentum in, except perhaps for Corey Connors, but we went over Corey Connors before. Uh, the, the guy has yet to finish worse than sixth in any 2019 start in stroke play. Uh, he is uh, he, he was in the ousted in the round of 16 by Tiger, uh, which may have been a good thing. Gave him more time to prepare for Augusta National. He's going to feel a certain amount of pressure, but he's got uh, to, to complete that career grand slam. But I think he's in a better position now than he was in the previous four. Well, um, who are... Who else are in the top of uh, Shane's uh, Shane's crystal ball over there I, with your green jacket on? <laughs> I tend to agree with, with Ann about Justin Rose. He's been runner-up a couple of times before. Uh, Molinari, uh, he, he's been playing so well in big events. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Brooks Kepka. We forget about him. The guy's got two majors already uh, in his possession, and he did not play Augusta National last year because of a wrist injury. He has not played all that well to start the year, but he's a great fit for Augusta. What do you think about DJ? This seems to be a guy that should absolutely, in his resume, have a green jacket at some point. Is now the time? Perhaps so. Remember that that it was Todd Lewis that told us a number of weeks ago, Dustin is finally feeling healthy like he did before he went to Augusta two years ago and had the slip and fall on the stairs, and he was dominant then. So if he's feeling that good... I think he's definitely going to be in the mix on Sunday. Well, we are going to be covering a lot of uh, Masters talk the rest of this week. You can catch the Golf Insiders Wednesday night, 5.30 to 6 o'clock. We'll be on the air. Check out our social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can go to the 